Hello and welcome. My name is Laura and I am joined on Celtic Down Under for the preview of the Group G teams for the Qatar World Cup by Liam. How are you doing, Liam? Good. Good. Uh, excited to talk about, well, the uh, the greatest team in World Cup history today. The greatest team in World Cup history, the one you've all been waiting for, it is, of course, Brazil, if you hadn't already noticed from the thumbnail or the title of the video or Liam's lovely yellow shirt which particular vintage is that one Liam? Uh, this is from the 2018 World Cup which I picked up during a, a holiday to the glamorous and highly renowned Let me uh, guess, town of Copacabana Beach Hamilton Town Centre you're not that far away <laughs> my god yep um, my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while you're wearing an actual Brazil shirt, I am of course sporting my uh, 1998 Ronaldo Inter Milan shirt, just mm. to get in the spirit of things. It's a shirt I love, and uh, I thought it was appropriate for this particular video. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you, you, you can't beat a classic. Um, I, I actually, on a side note, I used to have an Inter Milan shirt from about that same era, 97, 98. I think it was their third kit, and it was actually green with uh, gold hues. It was a strange-looking shirt. Oh, yeah. The only, the only other one I can remember from around that time is um, one of the ones where I think Ronaldo, unfortunately, did his knee again, and he was mm. wearing the horizontal shirt stripes, the, the hooped version of grey and black yeah. Um, but yeah, plenty of shirts from that time that you could pick out and say that's a fave, um, but we're mm. not here to talk about shirts, perhaps we'll do a podcast one day about shirts, Liam, I can see it coming um, oh, yeah. but uh, but we'll talk about Brazil for now they are of course the first team in Group G that we will be previewing they will be joined in Group G by Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon um, before we talk about anything to do with the current World Cup, it wouldn't be right to start a video about Brazil without looking at the history of the team at the World Cup. Mm. I mean, I'm going to pull this up, Liam, and considering some of the other teams we've had to look at the history for at the World Cup, this just is a sight for sore eyes. I mean, look at this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no other nation in World Cup history has won more World Cups. You've got victories in 1958, 1962, 1970, perhaps their most famous, 1994 and 2002 being, unfortunately, their last one. And that's combined, of course, with um, the two third-place um, finishes and two fourth-place finishes, as well as um, two losses at World Cup finals um, it says everything there on the record doesn't it Liam we're talking about ultimate World Cup football and royalty here yeah yeah um, as far as historical precedent goes Brazil are um, statistically and artistically the best team in the world I love that I love it statistically and artistically. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, my part of my love for football uh, w was born out of... You might believe that I'm, I'm Celtic through and through, and, and I am, but um, my brother was frequently uh, given VHS tapes for Christmas before anybody was any the wiser about my um, interest in football. And one of the ones that we would watch religiously, even as 10-year-olds growing up in the 90s, 
was a particular video recapping Brazil at the 1970 World Cup. Mm. And it just honestly, if you want to see football played the right way, that's a team you've got to to, to look at the, the games from. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had a similar introduction to football with uh, another VHS tape about, about the Argentina 86 team. So, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from with that one. And uh, hopefully I can find that 1970 video on YouTube somewhere because I quite fancy watching that myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll need to I'll need to see if my brother's actually still... He wouldn't still have the tape, I wouldn't imagine, but he might have the, he might have the name of it. And, uh, you know, you're talking about players like... Uh, the original Falcao, Pele, of course, Garincha, um, players of that ilk, and uh, it mm. was just uh, unbelievable to watch. But we're here to talk about the current day, um, which we will do. Um, yes. Considering they've not won a World Cup since 2002, because of their history, you can't write them off ever. And perhaps at this point, going into this World Cup, they have the strongest squad that they've had since that World Cup win in 2002. Um, how excited are you to see this Brazil team? Uh, to be honest, with Brazil in its current form, I am kind of in two minds. On one hand, I love watching the style of football that they play. Um, but on the other hand... Neymar is a guy I have very little patience for and any team that he is playing for I find it very difficult to support them so yeah yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a double-edged sword Brazil for me at the moment I'll be honest I I think yes Neymar is is very um difficult to to root for and I agree with that um, the one time I actually feel guilty for, for laughing at him in any way was when he was rolling about the floor at the 2018 World Cup with that back injury, which I thought was him feigning injury, at which point it turned out he'd quite severely broken in his back. So I I, I, um, I, I perhaps uh, jumped the gun on that one. But I do think that there's more likeable elements to the squad that could perhaps mm. um, negate the um, negative impact of of Neymar at this World Cup, um, despite his obvious football and talent. With that said, we'll have a look at the squad. Mm. Um, perhaps the best choice of, of first and second choice keeper at the World Cup when you've got Alisson of Liverpool and Ederson of Manchester City. Um, I'm not entirely sure who takes the number one jersey um, more regularly. I think in recent times it's been... Um, Allison for for Brazil, but they're not going to be any the weaker if they have either of those between the sticks, really. No, it, it's 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 a bizarre twist of modern football that you always think of the goalkeeper being the weakest link in any Brazil team, and yet they've got arguably the two best keepers at the tournament there. So um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a funny one. Um, now, like you say, whoever they go for there, um, they'll be. Uh, They'll be quite, uh, they'll be quite happy. And at that, Palmeiras keepers get the best, uh, the best seat in the house for the for the tournament. I think. Well, listen, we only talked about it a few videos ago. Uh, I said that that's that's the dream gig, is is uh, third choice. I, well, I said second choice um, goalkeeper, but in this case, you'd have to be third choice goalkeeper. Um, uh, have you got any preference between the two, between Alison and Ederson? Either not necessarily who you think will start, but who would be your preferred option to start? Um. Purely on the fact that I've seen Ederson make a few mistakes, um, I would go with Allison. I think he is slightly more consistent. 
Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think Ederson is a fantastic goalkeeper, but I think in terms of consistency, like you say, Alisson takes the biscuit for me. Mm. Um, looking at defenders, we've got Thiago Silva of Chelsea. Despite his age, obviously still a commanding presence at the back. Mm-hmm. Marquinhos of Paris Saint-Germain, Danilo of Juventus, Eder Militao of uh, Real Madrid, Alex Telles of Sevilla, Alexandro of Juventus, Bremer of Juventus, and Dani Alves, obviously now of Pumas, but formerly of PSG, formerly of Juventus, formerly of that famous Barcelona side uh, who won everything back in the early 2010s. Um, I've got to say, everybody talks about the forward line and the midfield in a Brazil team this is about star-studded as a defence as you're going to get at this World Cup. Yeah, it's it's strange that, um, again, as I said before, Brazil's goalkeeper and Brazil's defence are arguably the two strongest elements of their team this year, which mm-hmm. is a very un-Brazilian way to look at it. But, uh, yeah, they, they, have a, they have a world-class defence there, no question. And, obviously... The defence wasn't entirely to blame for what happened at the 2014 World Cup when uh, Brazil crashed out on their home turf 7-1 to to Germany. Mm -hmm. But the defence was a lot of the problem at that World Cup, not not least uh, a certain David Luiz who who no longer features for the national team. Um, I don't see that obvious weakness in this defence, like you say, and, and despite not being able to name who I think the starting team will be I think you could put a three or a four or even a five together out of that particular lineup and there wouldn't be a weak link in it is that is that fair to say yeah absolutely um the only concern of course is Danny Alves's age but he is a player of such ability that you know as we said with Luka Modric in a previous video when you have that talent the you can negate the lack of pace with the footballing intelligence I've also got a suspicion that Danny Alves is one of those guys who would just be good to have around the dressing room and is probably worth his inclusion for that alone. And that might be doing a bit of disrespect to his um, footballing ability at this current age, but he does seem like a guy who's popular with his teammates. So to use a Celtic example, you're saying that he is the Terry McDermott of the Brazil squad. Okay. Well... I mean, I think that's doing a disservice to, to Danny Alves to compare him to Terry McDermott, but um, but we'll go with it, we'll go with it. Um, let's look at the midfield. Um, we've obviously got Casemiro of Manchester United, Lucas Paqueta of West Ham, Fabinho of Liverpool, Fred of Manchester United, Everton Ribeiro of Flamengo and Bruno Grimares of Newcastle United. Um Casemiro not had the most glittering start to Manchester United career for various reasons, but they are a club in mm. turmoil. There's no doubt that he'll still form that that anchor role um at the mid in the middle of the park for Brazil. Is that is that fair to say? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Manchester United, although they have not had a great season, you notice that most of their full international players are still getting picked for their squads at this tournament because the, the national managers know the quality of the players, even if that team is not performing to standard at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, if Casemiro doesn't do well, he just needs to look at his Manchester United f- uh, teammate Fred for, for a, a standard to aspire to. I mean, I might be doing a disservice to Fred, but I, and I couldn't necessarily honestly name a player who I would put in in place of him, but in terms of talent, levels i'm i'm surprised that he's in there am i being too harsh on him there 
No, he's one of the luckiest men to have played as many games for Brazil as he has, to be quite frank. <laughs> um not 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 quite Raphael levels, but he's he's not um he's definitely one of the one of the weaker players that I've seen play play at a World Cup for Brazil. That's that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And obviously one of the less high profile names on the team sheet there, but one that people will certainly be interested to see what he does given the way that he's exploded onto the scene for Newcastle United, is Bruno Gamarish. Um a, a, a really talented uh, player who I think could surprise a few people at the World Cup if he's given the opportunity to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Newcastle, for all the, the controversy about the sudden, the sudden surge in income that they have, shall we say, uh, they have done a good bit of homework there in picking out a player rather than just going out and buying a big name. Um, Guimaraes has come in and made a, a name for himself at Newcastle United, and he deserves deserve respect and recognition for that. He's been excellent in every every uh, game that I've seen him play. But I also want to give a mention to uh, Paqueta of uh, West Ham United. Mm-hmm. He has been a very good performer, uh, again, in a West Ham side that are not doing particularly well this season. Yeah. So... It's a bit like the Man United conundrum, you know. Do you do you pick a player who's in a bad team, even if he's still playing well? And the answer, I think, is yes. And Paqueta is in that Brazil team on merit. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. That's for sure. Um, let's get to the meat of the of the squad. Let's look at the um, part of the squad that is more um, sought after and um, drooled over than most other squads in the world. It's, of course, the Brazil front line. We've got Neymar of Paris Saint-Germain, Richarlison of Tottenham Hotspur, Vinicius Jr. of Real Madrid, Anthony of Manchester United, Rafinha of Barcelona, Rodrigo of Real Madrid, Pedro of Flamengo, Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel Martinelli of Arsenal. Um... Having grown up watching Brazil teams of the past, I might be forgiven for saying that uh, I've seen more glamorous front lines than this um, in terms of Brazil squads. But certainly as far as this World Cup goes, it's about as strong as it gets. Aye, well, you know, Neymar's there, and I suppose, as a Brazilian team, so there's got to be at least one fanny in there, isn't there? <laughs> <sighs> um... Let's let's put let's put aside your personal um feelings towards Neymar. Yeah. Uh, can can he can he step up to the plate at this World Cup? Can he be the man who brings home the trophy for this football loving nation? Can he live up to his billing at, at this particular World Cup? Do you think, with everything riding on it, not just from his national point of view, but from the fact of he plays for essentially the Qatari state and playing for, for Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> well, I mean, he is that, um, you know, he's in, although he's that wee bit younger, he is realistically probably in the same boat as Ronaldo and Messi in that this might be his last chance to, to, to get the big trophy. Um, and it is pretty much the only trophy that's been missing from his career. Mm-hmm. Um like I don't like the guy, but there's no denying he's a he's a fantastic footballer when he yeah. when he focuses on the football, not the play acting. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I. But the the thing is though, with this Brazil team, if you look at the depth of that squad, even if Neymar is misfiring, you know you can then turn to Vinicius Junior, you can turn to Gabriel Jesus, you can turn to Rodrigo, 
Rafinha. It's just it is an all star lineup. It really is, and. You know, if, if I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, obviously, for the sake of him, but if Neymar, like, snapped his cruciate ligament in training tomorrow, you wouldn't be immediately saying, oh, God, that's Brazil done, you know? Whereas in no, previous I'm... years, you might if, if they lost their star player, you know? Well, I, I was going to say, not, not necessarily just their star player, but I certainly think there have been situations, not least at the at the the 2018 World Cup and before where it was the fact that Neymar specifically was out that, that Brazil sort of said well we, we we're not going to we're not going to achieve anything here mm-hmm. um, and particularly when you consider in, in recent years you've had the likes of um, the other Fred up front and, and Joe was another one and these really really poor standard of players as far as Brazil front lines go this yeah. particular front line is much more in in league with, you know, Ronaldo, Romario, Bebeto, that kind Aye. of glamorous front line that's overloaded with talent, or even more recently than that, when I was a teenager, you had Rivaldo um, and Ronaldinho and, and, and the likes of that, who you sometimes wondered, actually, do we have too much forward talent to even fit into a team properly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, even, as far back as the 90s, that was the great debate was can Bebeto and Romario play together? <laughs> and the answer was yes, because they ended up winning the 94 World Cup. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a good headache to have, isn't it? <laughs> if you're, it's if a you're wonderful headache to have. <laughs> Um, let's look at how they're going to actually have to try and use that firepower and by that I mean who they are going to be playing in their fixtures in the group. Since this Mm. is the first team we've looked at in the group, we'll be able to consider it from Brazil's standpoint first and foremost. They open against Serbia, not the easiest of matches, um, and then against go up against a very pragmatic Brazil side and then against uh, Cameroon in a closing match that you would expect Brazil to win. Um, Mm. I have to say, I've certainly seen I've seen strong teams with what you would say are easier groups on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, do you foresee Brazil potentially struggling in any way with this group? Or is it one of those situations, if they're going to prove themselves to be the favourites, they're going to have to get out of a group like this? No, I think the, the interesting thing here is that I think, I think Brazil will cruise this group. Um, right. I think you've got three decent teams there but none of them on Brazil's level um, but I think it's one of them take Brazil out of the equation any one of the other three could get that second place mm-hmm. um, there are three I think pretty evenly matched teams in Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon so although Brazil is the, is the box office one you might find the more interesting matches in this group are actually the games that involve the other three teams yeah yeah no, that's that's absolutely fair, and I, and I think I think that's something that you could see happening. Um, what are the chances? Do you think, or what is the what will there be desire be to get to that final game against Cameroon? They obviously harbour um, desires and expectations of getting late into the tournament, and I do think, as we've talked about before, you're playing a maximum of seven matches. Very often that third group match can come in vital in terms of offering a rest to your players if you if you can get it. Will they mm. be aiming for six points from those first two matches specifically with the idea that they can get a rest in that first third game against Cameroon, do you think? 
Well, no, not specifically because they'll be need they'll be wanting a rest. I think it's just when you are Brazil, a bit like Celtic, the expectation is that you're going to win every game. Yeah. So they will be very disappointed if they take anything less than six points in those first two games. But as we just talked about that squad, um, I don't know so much about resting players in the third game particularly. I think you'll see a lot of rotation throughout the three games. And I think they'll maximise the substitutes to get yeah. every player on that squad. Right, I'll, tell, I'll say this much. In those first three games, I think every member of that squad, with the exception of the, the backup goalkeepers, will get some game time, Yeah, I think. That's, that's a really interesting point and um, one that I think could be, could come true, especially with that front line, like you say. Mm. There, there's not really a weak version of that front line, I don't think. You, you you could legitimately put out any version of three players from that front line and expect them to do the job, particularly against the calibre of teams that they've got in their group. So um, yeah. I, I'll be interested to see how that how that um, happens. Um, just to close out the discussion about Brazil, obviously they are one of the favourites to go on and win the tournament. Um, you've come up with some alternative views, I think it's fair to say, about yeah. the ex- your expectations of certain people who are deemed to be favourites for the tournament. What do you think mm-hmm. about Brazil? Are, are, are they going to live up to that expectation, do you think? Do you expect to see them go as far as the semi-final or the final? Yeah, I, I I don't know if they'll win it, but I think they'll definitely be in the conversation. Um, yeah. I think last four, probably, um, maybe more than that, but I think at least last four. Well, one thing's for sure, it wouldn't be a World Cup without Brazil in it, and we will be there to watch every step of the way. And I, for one, am hoping that... Um, they do uh, themselves proud uh, because I still think they are in some ways um, smarting from their performance as much as getting to a semi-final was an admirable quality their performance and the way they went out of the World Cup um, two World Cups ago in Brazil is something they're still trying to go over and uh, a good performance here will help them to do that so let's wait and see if that manages to happen. Liam, thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget everybody to join us as we continue this review of Group G at the Qatar World Cup. Thanks very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.